Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, everybody, what's going on? It is Jason. And we're in November. I can't believe it. It's still warm here in Ohio, but I think we're going to take a turn for cooler temperatures. Jason and I just saw some people driving motorcycles in Ohio in November, so... Yeah, the weather the weather's really crazy. <laughs> I don't think I remember a November 10th that it's been this warm. I mean, you don't even need to wear a jacket right now. It's amazing. Yeah, we have the windows open, so if you hear something. It's also confused all the stupid stink bugs, so they're coming out. Yeah, maybe they'll all come back to life and then maybe, they'll die and then we won't have as many of them next year. That's always the plan. I saw that one of our members of the Riveted Melanie, she had snow like... Around Halloween. <laughs> and here we are well, in November. It's she 70. also lives in the Great White North. This, this is true. I Sometimes I feel like we're close to the Great White North, but evidently not as close as I thought. No, not that close. <laughs> uh, today we've got lots of good stuff to talk about. So let's kick it off with news. So I've been trying to kind of narrow down news a little bit. Things are kind of winding down towards the end of the year as far as Kickstarter stuff is concerned. Um, and also we've got 10 games to talk about. But I found two with some help from my correspondent that are out there and look pretty interesting. And the first one is on Kickstarter. And it's called Hitodama. This is from Lighthouse Games. Um, it is a really interesting little uh, theme here. You're working in the forest. You're, um, it almost, it, it has this, I don't know, this mythical kind of theme. It reminds me a little bit of what you see in Moana where, um, ne- uh, not Nefertiti, <laughs> where Tafiti uh, loses her heart and turns into Teka. So there is this like white lady or something. I don't know. She's in the stars. She comes down to earth and gets surrounded by darkness and turns into this mean ice spirit. Again, I know Jason doesn't care. But then you play these other little spirits that are going around collecting resources so that you can deliver them um, to the different seasons and work with these little like guys called the Akus who kind of mix things up a little bit, cause mischief with some like card events. And then you're doing th- all of these things in order to be able to confront the Hitodama, which is what this this lady has turned into that you're trying to get rid of. So you're moving through seasons um, and delivering things and uh, attacking the Hitodama in order to get victory points. I don't know much more than that. I do know that the components look really great. Uh, it's got lots of really cool little meeples and stuff. Um, the artwork is super adorable. I guess the standard one doesn't. There's a cool first player token. Um, a couple little meeples, yeah. The essence meeples, the Hitodama token. Um, but the artwork is so pretty. It's... I don't want to say childlike, but it has this really like kind of light pastel kind of colors, almost watercolor looking, um, but really cute characters involved in what they seem to indicate is a worker placement, um, like set collection kind of game. It looks good. It was, it's already super funded. Uh, so if you like kind of whimsical kind of themed games, you know, kind of working in myth, um, 
It looks like it's a solid family weight kind of game. Check out Hidodama. There's seven days left on that Kickstarter, and uh, it's $67 for the standard edition. Ooh, uh, it, it does look cute. It, it kind of, yeah, it kind of looks like you're reading a kid's book or something. That's the art that I, the feeling that I get from the art. Yeah. Um, but $67 seems a bit much, but again, you do what you want with your money, but that's my opinion. Um, it's being made in Mexico City. I don't know if like the shipping, well, I guess that's not including shipping. Yeah. I don't know. Again, I don't. Shipping, shipping shouldn't be too bad though, since it's in the continental, you know, North America. That's shouldn't be too bad. Yeah. Another game that apparently is on the hotness since I just checked out BGG, even though it's not out yet, funny, is from Fantasia Games, which you will hear that name again. Um, and the game is called Unconscious Mind. And I think this theme is really cool. I'm by no means a psychoanalyst, but you are part of the society. I think it's the Wednesday. Wednesday, that's what you said. Yeah, the Wednesday Psychological Society. A group that would meet with Freud and talk about, you know, dreams, interpretations and things like that. And so in the game, you're a member of the society and you are doing all kinds of things to help master therapeutic techniques and establish your practice and help grow your clientele. And as you're growing your clientele, you are helping them kind of go through some of their unconscious minds to remove their layers of trauma and grief to get them to um, some healthier life. And so you are doing, there's a variety of mechanics at work here. You've got worker placement, you've got engine building, you've got action programming, you've got um, several rondelles happening. So what sounds like lots of really cool stuff. So you've got like meetings, you're using ideas to like put them on the board, which I think is really cool. Use cool meeples uh, to take actions. Then based on where you are in that road determines how far that like your little ink pot moves in this rondelle, which is going to give you tiles to activate on like your little player board rondelle. Then you've got another rondelle that like is activated and moved to like give you insights and you've got dream cards that you're going to use to treat your clients. And then, you know, you're helping them reach these different levels of catharsis so you can remove their layers of grief. And then you're also doing your research as well. And like they have this interesting function where If you stack like different types of research together, you kind of compile it into a treatise and that gives you points when you publish it. You're moving your professor around, moving Freud around the city. There's rondelles in the city. You're completing goals because that's going to boost your reputation. So that's going to boost Freud's reputation. And the interesting thing about that is Freud's reputation is linked to uh, the length of the game. So it's just, there's a lot of interesting things going on. The artwork, the meeples. Oh my gosh. The professor meeples are totes adorbs. Like, oh, I love the little screen printing they did on those. And this is like, everything is a deluxified edition, is a deluxe edition um, as the Kickstarter goes, because that's kind of how Fantasia Games rolls. Uh, so they've got these like really great dual layer linen fish finish inside dials, um, this really cool artwork everywhere. So and Jason explained to me that the artwork, when you're in kind of the Freudian real world, real quote unquote real world, uh, Vincent Dutre is doing the art for that. But you're in the dream world. Ryan Lockett is doing the art for that. Isn't that interesting? I think it's so cool. The ink pot markers are these really cool translucent colored PVC so that you've got different ones for different players. The Professor Meeples have their own little look to them. 
Um, so you've got coffee markers, which I love because you're going to need that. All these great token, wooden tokens. I love it. I love it. I love it. The client art, the client cards, the dream cards, like, um, there's even the whole storage solution in there. I, this looks really exciting. So if you're into that kind of like psychoanalysis piece or you like pretty solid medium euros, which is what they're saying this is, uh, I would definitely check out Unconscious Mind. There are 11 days left on that Kickstarter and the standard edition is $71, but you get a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah, this one does look good. It's one I'm considering backing. What? Because... Uh, I may, we may talk about another game from this company that I really did like, and yeah, it seems really cool. The art is fantastic. Not that I care about such things, but I do. It does. It does help. It looks nice. $71. It's like, I don't even know you anymore. You back one thing of Wonderland's war and you've completely gone off the deep end. My, my brain is broken. Next thing you know, we're going to be painting minis on this channel, people. Come on, let's not get crazy. <laughs> First, we have to have games that had minis. I mean, let's go. I don't know. You're like moving... Wonderland's Wars got minis, and you even specifically yeah, got not, them. I'm not going to be using that, miss. Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, those are the two I want to talk about today on news. All right, so let's talk about some games that we played, because that's what this podcast is all about, games, and we play them. So okay. the first one we're going to talk about is a game that's, I think, fairly new. It just delivered from Kickstarter at some point this year, I think. Again, Kickstarter and me are not, you know, we don't know each other very well. BGG says 2022. Okay, well, there we go. Came out this year. And the game is called Flamecraft. And this is uh, a little worker placement game where you are kind of working together to build the different worker placement spaces by playing dragons. And I think there are six different types of dragons. Each dragon is going to have some kind of special ability when you activate it. So on your turn, you're either going to go visit a location, gather some resources, play a dragon, and then fire one of those dragons. Or you're going to enchant a space, meaning you're going to turn in some resources that you've collected, score some points, some coins, maybe some other dragons. And you're going to put that enchantment on the location that matches the resource type. And then you're going to fire off as many of the dragons at the location as you want. That's what you're doing in the game. There's also some individual player abilities that you can use once per game to help you. There's some end-game goals and during-game goal cards that you're going to get to help you score points. And it's just a race to get the most points. It's uh, adorable. It's a, It's got cute art. It's um, easy to play, easy to learn, easy to teach. But it's a little light for my liking. It's, it's like a solidly family-weight worker placement game that's going to draw people in because it has nice production and nice art. But I think for me personally, it may be a little lighter than something that I want to play. So how do you feel about Flamecraft? Um, it is, like you said, absolutely adorable. And honestly, I think it's one that would attract people to it, especially your non-gamers. So that's the good things. But yes, I also agree. It, it made me so sad. I was really disappointed because I really wanted it because it sounded awesome and it looked so cute. And I was like, yes, to all these things. <sighs> but it was just a little, it, it was almost too easy in a lot of ways. Like I would love to see this get a sizable expansion that adds like a whole nother layer to it that ups the difficulty, um, creates maybe other like side quests for dragons or, you know, heaven knows what, like maybe we get the raw materials from the forest 
I don't know, although the board is humongous, so having an extra sideboard might be much, but I think I think this is a really unique world to create, and the art, yes, I love it so very much, even the little names of all the dragons, so adorable, but it, yeah, it just needs a little bit more, so I can't justify the expense of it because it's just so light, but it was so cute, and I'm so glad I got to play it. Um, yeah, and I'm not saying it's a bad game. I don't think it's a bad game by any means. I just think it's a little less than something that I want to keep playing over and over and yes. over. Yes. I think there are other... Like, if you're starting out your collection, uh, if you're new to games, if you like... If you are saying, I don't really want to think too hard at a game, but I also want it to be fun and, and cute, this is definitely that game. Yeah, for sure. Now, speaking of Fantasia games, we also played game that is number two on the new hotness so both of their games are number one and number two on the new hotness and this is called endless winter paleo americans i think that's the full title mm-hmm. and this is effectively i don't know it's a deck building game you're taking cards and putting them in your deck to use them later but it also has some worker placement slash action selection areas that you're going to be using so what you're trying to do in your turn is you're going to be playing you're going to be playing three turns in four different rounds. So you have 12 turns over this game. And on your turn you're going to take one of your workers, you have two little generic workers or your leader and you're going to go to one of the four locations on the board or your fifth location which is the rest area on your player board. And then you're going to do what it says. So there's a hunting area where you're going to try to get an- different types of animals to come for set collection. There's um like an encampment board where you're going to set up tents and move your territories around on this other little map. There's a card area where you're going to be acquiring new like villagers and culture cards to put into your deck and then there's the first section which i can't remember what it does um it does something else there's four different actions i I just can't remember i can't remember what the first one of the one of the spaces does there's the animals Mm -hmm. there's the um setting up the tents and stuff on the map there's the culture cards the culture cards and then there's one more the regular villager cards oh yeah okay so two card spaces that's true yeah and then as you take actions, the, the first space on each of those spaces, you can take the actions as many times as you want, as long as you pay what you need to pay. Then there's another section that you can do the act, the action listed there one time. And then if you're the first person to select one, that space that you're on, you get a, a one-time bonus. And it's going to usually be like food or weapons, moving up a track or something. And then uh, once you've played your three meeple, your three characters out, then everyone's going to use their, some of the cards in their hand to like bid for basically turn order. And then you're going to fire off any eclipse actions that are have been unlocked on your player board that are on the bottoms of your cards that you bid to help you get more bonuses. And you're going to do that over four rounds and whoever has the most points is the winner. That's a simplification of what's going on in this game. There's a map where you're trying to do some area control. There's a an idle board where you're going to try to make cards that you remove from your deck worth a pile of points and all your resources trade at better uh, a better ratio whole lot going on but at its heart go to space do the stuff play some cards see who has the most points i really like this one quite a bit it i don't know how you feel but i really like this one it has everything i like in a game it has tracks it has um me able to do whatever i want on my turn i I like that so this is one that i definitely want to play again and so how do you feel about endless winter yeah at first i was like ugh, like i don't like space i don't like dystopian and i also really don't like prehistoric civilization games that much i don't know why okay i don't 
There apparently it's a small window of themes I like. Actually, you anthropomorphize and make something adorable, and I'm in. Uh, but the gameplay I like because for me, you know, I like a game where multipass victory, right? So at first I was like, ah, it seems like this part's important and this part's important. And those didn't turn out to be quite as important as I thought they would be. Uh, I'm still not sure. I feel like you have to get the animal set collection piece built. There's a lot of points there. A lot of Right. Points. And I was the only one that didn't really do that. And I felt like that was detrimental. Um, but I don't think I got super stomped because I went heavy into the deck building piece because I love deck building. Uh, so I really focused on that. And I don't know that paid out as well as I wanted to because you only have some pretty standard cards. And so you're only getting one to two points per card. Uh, so I, it, I definitely would play it again because I think it's interesting to think about how to strategize differently in this game because there are lots, I think, of viable ways to get points. Um, and kind of playing off what your – everyone has like a tribesman that's like in, the head of your tribe, your chieftain, and they kind of give you bonuses for certain places. So I tried to follow mine, which was in cards, and if maybe it had been a different bonus, it might have worked out better. Uh, but balancing like food and uh, tools and, you know, wanting to get those like actions on cards as well. Like I think all of that is is really good. I think there's a lot of really good things about this game, despite me initially not really wanting to play it because of the theme. Like I definitely would want to play it again for sure. Yeah, I think there was only like an eight point swing from first to to third. It wasn't that big of a, a difference really. Yeah, I don't know. And you did way different things than me and Chris I did. I did way different. Sure. I let you guys do the same thing, and I went away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's got some cool stuff. It's one of those games where everything you do, basically, you're, you're doing a lot of cool stuff. And it's going to, as you're doing more things, it's going to keep piling on the rewards and the bonuses and all that kind of thing. So you're going to unlock stuff off your board, and then you're just going to keep giving food and weapons and all that kind of stuff to use later so by the fourth round you have all these cards and all this stuff to do and you only have three actions to do it with so it, it's pretty cool all right so those are the games that we played all right so we are back to our top 100 games of all time um we've also been doing our top 100 outside the 100 if you uh don't follow us on facebook um you might have missed we've had two facebook lives to go over um our number's 200 to 191, and last night we did 190 to 181. Apparently, there's been some weird video lagging, so they might not show up on YouTube with video, but Jason's at least working to put the audio out there for you in a podcast format and a YouTube format um, in case you're interested to see what didn't quite make it into our 100. But like we said, even our top 200, so many good games. So today we are going through our top 100 games from number 80 to number 71. All right. So my number 80 is a game that I think was higher on my list at one point, but I'm not sure because I don't have last year's list. But my number 80 is a game called Camel Up. And this is just a silly racing betting game on trying to determine who's going to or which color camel is going to be in the lead after each round and which camel is going to win and which one's going to get last. That's effectively what you're doing in the game. So on your turn, you're either going to roll a die and move a camel. 
you're going to bet on a camel, you're going to pick which one you think is going to win in this little tower, try to get money, and you're trying to end the game with as much money as possible. Super simple, plays up to like 10 players. I don't recommend that high, but it can play up to 10 players, and it's always fun every single time. So my number 80, camel up. Yes, that one is very good. I like it better a little. (laughs) I looked at my list, it's about... It's actually higher for me this year. Nice. Uh, yeah, I, I need to find my list from last year. Um, my number 80 is a game uh, from Keymaster. Look at me go. Uh, beautiful artwork. Really like fun to play. Also, I think you can still find this at Target. And that is Parks. So in Parks, you're going on a journey through the national parks. So you're moving your hikers on this trail you can only move forward. You cannot move back. Um, as you're going along, you're collecting these resources, uh, sunshine and rain. And why can I? Tree, uh, leaves, or trees? trees and mountains. Trees, yeah, trees, trees and, and mountains. mountains. I was like, is it just the leaves or the trees? I was getting mixed up with the other parks. The trail trailblazer. Trekking the world? No. No. Oh. The, the other parks one, which is just like stone and, and the leaves and the... The resources. Trails. 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 Yeah. Just trails. The resources are a little different. But I I like this version of Parks better. Um, we do have the expansion where Nightfall. Um, so there's like some other extra, little extra types of things there. It's so beautiful. Um, it's casual enough that you can really introduce it to lots of people. But there's enough, I think, decisions there to make it worthwhile for gamers. So my number 80 is Parks. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not even sure that that was in my top 100. I need to look, but I do like that one. Uh, My number 79 is a game that I don't think you've played Mm -hmm. yet, but I played it with um, at Origins with Julia and Tim and Dan, and I've played it with Brandon a few times, and it's called Origins First Builders. And this is a game from Board and Dice, and it's a dice placement game where you're sending out workers to interact with some of these aliens that have come down to help build up the civilization, the first civilization. But basically what that boils down to is you go to a little alien spaceship. You have to have a certain number or higher than the spaceship. When you go there, it rotates to make the dice higher. When it's a six, it becomes a one. And then if you play the same color as the space, you get a bonus action. So you can possibly take two actions at each of these alien, these alien spacecrafts. And you're trying to build different buildings in your tableau. You're trying to recruit more dice. You're trying to level to retire your dice because they're going to score you points. You're trying to get elders, which is a die that you've used up that you're going to put in between some of your buildings to score points based on the color. Whole lot of ways to score points, ways to use your dice, but also ways to thin out the dice that you have in your pool, which is pretty interesting. Um, there's also a military track, which is irrelevant. Shouldn't even be in there, but whatever. It's a, it's a really fun game. I like it. Um, I'd like to play it a little bit more, but I'm not sure if everybody's going to be into the theme. But I'm, my number 79 is Origins First Builders. Yeah, I haven't played it probably because of the theme. Because, again, space. Why? Um, it's not really space. It's aliens. Uh, like, well, it's aliens, but they're on Earth. Okay. It's like Aztecs are like an old, tr- an old society working with the aliens to build up like landmarks and stuff. Sure. I mean, I'm sure I'll play it at some point. We own it. So uh, my number 79 is a game you may have heard of called Camel Up. <laughs> uh, last year I looked it up. It was 86. We have honestly played this game quite a bit with people. 
all kinds of people, gamers, non-gamers, young, old, uh, some of the betting like synchrony idiosyncrasies that happen where like, ooh, what's the probability of this camel being able to move forward based on the dice that are out and the ones that are still in? Um, that's a little bit harder for some younger players, but the idea of the camel racing is fun. Our kids just like to play and like move the camels or um, be the ones to get the dice out of the little pyramid. It's just like push your luck um, like roll the dice, look at the draw kind of game. But there are some ways to um, to really strategize a little bit into making the most of your bets. And then also you're at the mercy of the dice as well. But that's what spices up a little bit. Um, I love the chunky camels um, and their colors. We have an expansion that can make the, the race longer. And the camera, which we always use to take pictures of the camel as other ways to get points. Like it is just a fun game. Is it it is not the most intensive, serious analytical game in the world, but it is definitely a good time good time. So mine number seventy nine, camel up. Yeah, I like it. As you as I just mentioned two games ago, which is cool. So my number seventy eight is a game with a theme that you're probably pretty into. Mm-hmm. And it is called Xi'an. And this is a game about terracotta warriors and you're trying to basically build different terracotta warriors and then paint them in your color to score points on how many of your color you have in a section that kind of kills the terracotta theme but (laughs) it's like a little area control terracotta warrior game but it does have brown terracotta warriors too so if you want to look at that and it has a really cool card mechanism where you're playing two cards every time and you're using one for the action and one for the speed of the action. So the higher your speed, the more the closer you're going to be to going first to take the action because there's some worker placement spots. And if you go there after people, you have to pay some coins and all that stuff. It's a really cool game. It only takes, I think it's like 12 or 13 rounds. It's not super long, but it's a fun time every single time. So my number 78, Xion. Uh Yeah, I do love this theme. I've been Xion. And seeing the Terracotta Warriors. Um, this game doesn't really do it for me. But I know there's another one coming out with the, like, the same theme. It sounds so much alike that I was a little concerned. Like, are they just redoing this game? What's happening? Um, so I'm just interested to see how that one works out. Because I just wanted a little bit more out of this game than I got when we first played it. But who knows? You obviously liked it. I've played it more. I've played it three or four times. It does get better every time. Okay. So maybe if you play it again, you'll like it better. Maybe. I'll trust you. Um, my number 78 is a game that is simultaneous action selection, which I happen to like because, again, we play with a lot of new players, and I think this helps keep everyone involved. And this has a fun theme. So my number 78 is Campy Creatures, also from Keymaster, right? Yep. That's hey, right. I remembered. Um, where you, everyone has the same like hand of old school, like movie, uh, not horror movie, but monster, monster movie creatures. Yeah. Like universal monsters type thing. Yeah. So you've got like Gojira and, or well, it's Kaiju and King Kong and Swamp Thing but what you're doing is each one of them has a numerical value and then it has a special uh, power. 
And so everyone's going to choose one to play because you're trying to capture these humans. And there are different types of humans. Uh, some of them you can collect, like the teenagers. You're trying to collect as many as you can because, you know, individually they're not worth much. But I guess if you get a big group of them, interesting. You, there are scientists, like the engineers. There are, um, we just played it not that long ago. And I'm having a terrible time remembering it. Shocking. Like like divers, uh, hunters. Oh, yeah. The There's hunter. like a, ga- a gang. Well, some of them, uh, yeah, yeah, and some of them are negative. They're bad for you because... If you get them, then they're going to turn on you. So that's like the other kind of fun part is balancing like which of these humans do I actually want? Which do I want other people to get? And the powers of the monsters kind of affect that. So it's one of those games where you're trying to kind of outthink your opponents. Um, What are they going to play? What are they going to take? How do I deal with that? Um, You know, which monster is going to trump the other one? Do I get to pick first or last? It's just a really fun game with cool art. I love that idea of trying to outthink each other. And then we're all using the same cards, but just when we use them and how we use them is what makes the game fun. So my number 78 is Campy Creatures. Yeah, it's a good one. I like that one. Uh, my number 77 is a game I honestly haven't played that much, but I've played it a couple times by myself just because I like it and I wanted to play it. And it is called Neptune. And this is a queen game. And I don't know who the designer is doesn't matter um but this is a game that has some really cool stuff going on what you're trying to do is you're trying to move this ship around from city to city or location location to deliver some goods the way you're doing that though is you're going to be programming a five stop route by drafting some cards there's three different types of cards there's money there's a location and the type of good that they want so when you take these cards you're going to put them on your player board to program your movements based on if you think you can get there in the proper, a proper order. So you're looking at what can you deliver, where your boat is now, where you're trying to get to and trying to be as efficient as you can. And then when it's time to play after everybody's got their program, you're going to be playing cards. It's going to move the wind. It's going to tell you how far you can move. And then you're going to be moving, trying to make your deliveries to score money. If you can deliver all your stuff perfectly, you get an extra bonus. If not, you get a couple extra turns, but you're hoping you can do it. It's a, a really cool game. You're trying to, get the most influence in all these different building tracks to score points. I like it. I'm actually missing a piece, which is sad, but I do like it. It's fun. I'd like to play it more. So my number 77, Neptune. No E. So Neptune. (laughs) I've only played this game once, and it was interesting, but I think I'd have to play it a few more times to really decide how I feel about it. Um, My number 77 is a game that I dearly love. We really haven't played it much this year. Um, but everyone knows I love a good deck builder, and I'm also a complete Potter head. So number 77 is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. So this is a deck builder where you're choosing one of kind of the main characters from the Harry Potter universe. You get your own personalized deck of cards, which I think is really awesome. Um, and then you're going to fight some Death Eaters. You're going to um, take out the Horcruxes, and then you're going to defeat Voldemort. Um, All the while, you are, like, helping each other out. You're trying not to get stunned. You're collecting cards that have items you can use and allies and spells. Um, We've got all kinds of add-ons with all the different expansions to give you kind of your newts, uh, like, specialty. You can have some other special powers uh, based on these other different cards that you can play. Um, 
it's so thematic, which is why I really love it, which is why I think it'll always be ranked high for me because it captures what I think the book and the movies are like. Um, like creating that arsenal of spells to play them at the right time, you know, getting the characters that work with your character to be able to fire off as many cards as you can and take out these Death Eaters and eventually conquer Voldemort. Like, yes. However, the more people you have and uh, the more that you add in, because you can add in the different chapters uh, one at a time, or of course, Jason threw away all the boxes. So we're straight up chapter seven, book seven, all the way in. Uh, it, it is hard. I mean, if certain combos of Death Eaters come out, like it's almost impossible to win. Uh, but you're still having such a good time and you're so immersed in the world that I, I just think it's worth it. So my number 77 is Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. It is a good one. We don't play that that much anymore, but it is we good. We don't, but I love it. My number 76 is one that's probably going to keep moving up as I play it more. And I think I've got three, three plays or so under my belt now. And it's called Amerigo. And this is a Stefan Feld game, and effectively it's an exploration game. You're moving your boat around, going to these these locations to build polyomino tiles and collect resources. But the way that you're determining what action you can take is you're going to throw some cubes in a cube tower. The cubes that come out are the actions that are available. The cube that has the most is the strength of the actions that you can take. You're going to pick one of them, and you're going to take that action at that strength. And then you're going to do it for every color of cube. And after, I think, five rounds, the game is over. Whoever has most points is the winner. Moving up on tracks, lots of tracks, um, resource collection, just everything good in a failed game, this has it. So I like it. My number 76, Amerigo. Of course you like it. I have nothing more to say because apparently I get myself in trouble when I talk about Feld. <laughs> My number 76 is, a, 76 is a game that's so far from anything Jason likes that he has never played it. Although I think he would probably like it. And that game is Forgotten Waters. Um, this is from... Come on, Katie. You know... Plaid Hat. Crap. You didn't even give me a chance. It's from Plaid Hat. Um, in this game, you're working mostly with others to be the crew of a pirate ship. And through almost kind of a Mad Lib-esque way, you create your character, give them a backstory, some things about their personality, Um and you follow through this book on an adventure and you're making choices along the way. You are um, rolling to see how things go, collecting things. Um, it's it's like it is very RPG light. I think if anyone was thinking about how do I introduce kind of um, tabletop RPGs or that world to someone, including like a kid um, or someone young, like a younger um, teenager, like early teen. I think that this game is great for that because it has a really great companion app also that has like really great voice acting and things happening in it. So it feels very interactive. It's got this beautiful book that you're going through and you kind of hold it open so it shows you the choices that you're making. And sometimes you may stay on the same page for a while as you're finding out things and collecting things. And so it's nice to be able to see that in front of you. Um, everybody gets to make a choice when an action happens. And um, that kind of determines like your reputation on the ship, which kind of determines, you know, if you take your turn first or not. Um, you know, you can get totally backstabby and try and take stuff for yourself and like, forget your crew, it may not work out well for you in the long run. 
Um, but that is a possibility because you're pirates. So it's it's a great production. It's just if you like that kind of thing, um, as a D&D player, this is a really fun, like, board game adjacent experience. So at number 76, Forgotten Waters. Yeah, I, I would play this once. I It's just not something that I would be excited about. But maybe it's super fun. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like something that I'm going to like. But again, I've been wrong before. Yes. Wonderland's War. So, uh, you know, I've been wrong. I'm going to ride that fact that you were wrong about it for a long time. (laughs) Uh, So my number 75 is a game that I've honestly only played, I think, once and a couple of times by myself because it's a beast and I don't play it enough and I have to keep relearning it and learning it. I think you and I played it twice. Maybe that's true. So once or twice. I think it was twice. And it's called Trismegistus, The Ultimate Formula. And this is another game from Board and Dice. And this is from the Italians. I don't know which exact Italians, but I know there are Italians involved. Oh, okay. And uh, in this game, what you're doing is, I want to try to remember because it's been a minute. You're drafting some dice, and the dice have different faces, and they're different colors. Based on the face and the color is going to provide some other kind of action that you can take when you draft that die. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to get different types of elements... And you're trying to convert elements into other things using alchemy to be able to complete these experiments that you're doing. You're also trying to collect these different tiles in your bookshelf that are going to unlock some kind of special abilities. Um, There's a bunch of tracks you're moving up on. There's even ways to follow other players' actions when they take the action. You can spend a lightning bolt and do like uh, the weaker version of what they're doing. whole bunch of stuff going on. It's kind of rules heavy there's not really a player aid which is not good um but if you can learn it and if you can get into it it's super fun it's just getting to that point is a little tricky so my number 75 trismegistus yeah this definitely suffered in my list because we haven't played it so much but it is kind of a beast uh, my number 75 is a game we don't own but i really liked it and i've I will honestly say i've played this once but i liked it so much that i really wish we owned it or we played it at least again. And that game is Lizard Wizard. It is a stupid name. The box art is hideous, in my opinion. I mean, it's not like a queen game or anything, or like a Clemens Franz. But it looks stupid. It doesn't encourage me to want to play the game. So I really hadn't looked at it seriously. Oops. Apparently, Glenn Drover's a big deal. A lot of people like his stuff. I don't know. But playing this game, I could see why. Uh Apparently, it's similar to Raccoon Tycoon. I've never played that. Also, ridiculous name and theme, honestly. But in this one, there's a lot of different things happening in Lizard Wizard. So you're recruiting Wizard from these different schools of magic. You've got towers to build. You've got spells that you can use. You've got familiars that can work for you. You can also then go and delve in the dungeon, try to get gold or items. Uh, There's just a lot of different things going on, but you could only do like six actions. But trying to make the best of those six actions, um, have them help you gain other actions, um, getting your reagents, which is just basically potion stinking ingredients or spell ingredients. It's dumb. They call them reagents. You can convert them to mana, which is basically you know value so you can sell it you can get wizards you can um, get spells ready to use you can create a tower you can get a familiar and go into the dungeon those are your six actions but you're just trying to use them to make as many points as you can and i love that because we can all go in different ways 
to make our um, our victory points in our way. And I love that because it seems like all of the different ways to score points are really viable in this game. And to me, that's a sign of a good game. Um, I don't love the artwork or whatever, but I think uh, there's a lot of really cool stuff happening here and I can't wait to play it again. So that's my number 75. Yep, 75, Lizard Wizard. Yeah, this is good. I think it's in my top one. Uh, I think it's in my 100 or 200. I'm not sure, though. My number 74, honestly, would still be higher if I basically wasn't done with the game. And it is Clank Legacy Acquisitions Incorporated. Now, I say done with the game, but we have played through it twice. So there is a possibility that if we found another copy, we could play through it a third time. But as it sits, now it's just a board that you can play regular clank on and I like clank, but the part that I liked about this was the unlocking new stuff, getting new parts of the board, putting the stickers on all that kind of thing. I really enjoyed that. And with that kind of gone, it's just clank. So it lost some of its luster, but I still like it. I'll still bust this out and play clank on it because I do like clank, but I just want clank legacy to have a season two or whatever. Cause I love it. But anyway, my number 74 is clank legacy acquisitions incorporated. A season two would be cool. It would be cool, I know. But also, cool. Jason's memory is so bad that if we had some friends who wanted to be like, hey, you know, we want to try that campaign, would you do it again? We'd absolutely say yes. Oh, I love it. I'd totally play it a third time. <laughs> yeah. We played two of them at the same time, and I still had a great time. Yeah, it's good. I don't know where that is on my list. I'll have to look. Uh, my number 74 is... I think they made an expansion to this that's coming out soon. Maybe, or maybe I dreamed that. Uh, but number 74 is Gugong. So I... No, there is an, there is an expansion for okay, this. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Um, we have like a super fancy version of this game. I'm not sure how that happened. I don't know if Jason bought it in like a... I backed it. I know. The deluxe version. I know, like I don't know, like you had like a seizure and accidentally clicked on the deluxe version or um i actually ordered it and like put it in your name but we got the nice <laughs> version and i love it so it's got so many cool things of course this is an asian themed game i'm totally in so you know, this is happening in the ming dynasty um you're trying to help the emperor get his stuff together basically that's the nice way to put it and so you've got all these different places on the board that you're working with. You are trying to get um, officials, you're exchanging gifts with them. Um, it's like kind of the theme. So by doing this, you have these cards. And in order to go and uh, take a, use, do something at a spot, you have to place a higher valued card than the one that's there. So that kind of dictates where you can go and when um, you may be able to get like a higher card from a different place. You have to go there first. Um, and you're going, you're like sailing in the canal. You're getting like Jade. You're helping to construct the great wall. Um, you are getting some influence. Like you have to move up the stairs to get an audience with an emperor. Uh, you're going around the countryside so you've got all these cool little wooden bits that do different things at different locations. Meanwhile, you're doing this really cool card mechanism. And again, you can do a lot of different things to score points here. Um, so sometimes you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to work the canal or I'm going to go out the countryside or I'm really going to go into building the Great Wall or I'm going to invest in Jade. 
just so many different things. Now, the one downside is at two players, this game is crap. And I was so sad because we got it and I was like, yeah, I love this. Can't wait to play this. We played it too and I was like, this is not what I wanted. But at the other player counts, spectacular. It's so good. And it's so pretty to look at. Uh, so my number 74 is Gugong. Yeah, I was just looking, trying to figure out where mine is. But for some reason, I can't get my Excel to work. But <laughs> I, I know it's on my list because I really do like this. Let's see it. Let's try it again. And yeah, I'll be talking about this later. Oh, my clank, I will talk about way later. I kind of rolled all the clanks into one. So this is how I feel basically for about regular clank. So my legacy is basically just clank now because that's what it is. So clank is at 70s for me. Hmm. Interesting. All right. All right. So my next one, number 73, has actually had a reprint this year, I believe. And we have both versions. This is one of the few games that we actually have both editions. And it's called Libertalia. And the new one is from Stonemaier, Libertalia, Winds of Galecrest or something. Yes. Same game, different artwork, a few different tweaks around the edges, but ultimately it plays the same. And what you're doing in this game is you are playing some cards from your hand. Everybody starts out with the same cards. And on your turn, you're going to play a card to the board face down. You're going to flip them all when everybody's played, arrange them from low number to high. Each card's going to affect something, maybe let you get some treasure, maybe let you knock another card out, maybe let you play another card later to try to go for, you know, earlier in the turn. And you're just trying to end the game with the most gold. Your pirate's competing over your share of the booty. <laughs> And you're going to play over, I can't remember how many rounds it is. I think it's four rounds, six rounds, something like that. But each time it's the same thing. You're playing cards and um, seeing what happens. And each round, you're going to keep some of your cards that you have from the, the previous round. And you're going to flip in, in whatever version you're playing. You're going to flip four to six new ones that everybody will have the same cards. But you're going to have a little bit of variety because people play cards in different orders. Fantastic game. I prefer the old one. I think you like the newer one. Mm-hmm. Um, not better but it doesn't matter if you can find one find it because it's good uh you won't be disappointed with either edition so number 73 libertoya yeah i talked about this on our 100 outside the 100 because i do really enjoy this again that simultaneous action where you're kind of out thinking each other and letting powers fire off on cards is really good my number 73 i believe has fallen a lot and i honestly think that's because we haven't played it as much this year but it's still, and I hate to say it, it is one of my absolute favorite deck builders. And I know there, I think this is going to shock Fan Zero. My number 73 is Into the, Exo, Into the Echo Side. It's the ICP deck building game. What is a juggalo? Her name is Katie. <laughs> she really likes running with a hatchet, killing fools. I am not that down with the clown, okay? <laughs> Calm yourself. But this is such a good deck builder. Now, it's like has been wicked hard to find. They were having it on um, their merch store, ICP was, um, for a while. If anyone anywhere sees the expansion, you hit me up immediately. There are all kinds of things I'm willing to do to get the expansion. It's such a good game. Like it's such a good deck building game. The way the synergy between cards, um, there are some cards that fire off and you use a a die to get something else. There are um, cards that come in these different. Um, gosh, why can't I remember? Crews, and that will give you like another kind of special turn. Like you either get more 
buying power, another card, uh, just having all that, like you can buy, you know, a few hands in, once you get that, that deck going, like I can take a turn that plays like 20 cards and it feels good. It feels real good. Um, no, it doesn't. It feels terrible. <laughs> when you, when you're the one playing those cards, it feels good. Uh, and just, and, and they all really are made to work well together. Now, do I care about ICP? Not really. Yes. I don't. I'm not, you know, I, I'm not wearing my great Malenko shirt. None of that. However, if you are into that, yes, you would really love this. But as far as pure deck building mechanics goes, it is good. It is really solid. You just have to look past the clown. So my number 73, Into the Echo Side, ICP deck building game. Yeah, I think as a general rule, deck builders kind of fell for me because I'm I'm kind of over it. <gasps> How dare you? I mean, I love, I love that game. It's just when I would rather play like worker placement or dice placement any day as opposed to a deck builder. So when I know there's deck building, if it's just sheer deck building, it, it makes it a little tricky for me. To want to play it more. The clowns know. I know. Shaggy I would upset. play this. <laughs> you had a first name basis with Shaggy? I don't know. That's the only one I could remember at the time. <laughs> Violent J. Violent J. Monoxide Child. Come on. You want a poser? You're a poser. Jamie Madrox had. Jamie Madrox. Hey, hey yeah. see? Good job. Take that. Uh, my number 72 my has nothing right to now. do with clowns. Nothing to do with clowns at all. In fact, it's an Asian theme. Woohoo. So. Yeah, this is a theme Katie actually likes. <laughs> and it is called Yamatai. And this is Bruno Catala and Mark. Oh, I always forget the other guy's name. But there's two designers on this. And what this is, is it's effectively like a route building game. You're using these little different colored boats. And you're trying to put circles, like enclose these different hexes in certain colors. And if you can do that, you can build a building that needs those required colors of boats. And those score points. They might let you put up a pagoda on the um, in this hex. That's worth extra points. Um, you're also going to be getting some turn order special abilities, which are going to give you some boats. They may give you some other special ability that you can do. You're going to be acquiring the help of assistance by using some uh, coins and other... Um, the, are these tiles that you're getting off the building when you, uh, the t- board when you explore? Um, they're going to give you a whole bunch of special abilities as well. It's gorgeous. It's pretty simple to play, but it is a little bit rules heavy. But like most days of Wonders game games, everything you need is on your player board. It guides you through it pretty pretty nicely, and it's just a good time. So, my number seventy two, Yamatai. Uh, we haven't played this one enough for me to be able to accurately rank it. I think, but again, as a days of wonder game. The production quality is freaking fantastic. I love to play with the different parts of this. I would like to get this to the table again this year. I hope so. My number 72 is also an Asian-themed game because I love it. Uh, And this is specifically in Japan. And this game is called Jinja. Uh, Jinja is difficult. I will say that now. It's like a really tight game. And I don't know that I expected that the first time that we played it. Um, so you're going, it's worker placement game. You're going around to build these like shrines um, in Japan over like, I think like five rounds or something. So it's got these awesome. And uh, even of course, someone's going to find something to complain about these really awesome, like plastic pagodas that you can use um, to build your shrines. But you're also like, you're playing with these cards that, um, 
like can help you then reduce the amount, the cost of some shrines um, when you're playing them in different places. Um, you've got these deed cards that allow you to play in different parts of Japan. Um, and you're just kind of trying to complete as many of these like goals, like contract type goals as you can in this very tight space in this very limited number of turns. Like it's just really hard to get everything together um, in order to be able to pull it off. Like it just, I, it really is. So it's essentially worker placement, but man, you're like activating these things and these different territories and trying to get your construction timed well. And at two, it was hard. Uh, Jason's played it at higher player counts. I can't imagine how much more difficult it gets. Um, but I, it, there's just something so compelling and interesting about this game. And I really want to play it more. And we just haven't gotten to the table um, lately, but it is really good. So my number 72 is Jinja. Yeah. Um, this game is my number 71, Jinja. <laughs> so you like it a little bit better than me because you've played it at least once more than I have. Yeah, I've played it uh, once with Brandon and then once with Brandon and Josie. And it it is better. I think it actually is a little bit better at more players. There's more worker placement spots open. Mm. So while there's more people fighting for them, it feels less restrictive because there's more spaces. I know that sounds weird, but that's how it feels. But everything Katie said about this game is fantastic. You're building buildings, trying to do a little bit of area control, trying to collect different sets of – there's three different sizes of buildings, small, medium, and large. You're trying to get certain types of – or sets of those to fulfill these in-game goals, just trying to have the most points. It's got some cool production um nice art i like the art yeah it's again that's subjective it doesn't really matter but i enjoy everything about this game it's fun it's not the deepest worker placement game in the world but it is enjoyable and that's all i care about so number 71 is ginger well i did all the work for you on that one you did yeah you did uh my number 71 i think this is higher on your list and it used to be a higher on mine but i think that it's fallen for both of us because it's so hard to get the table. We like this game a lot. Um, I think the theme is awesome, but it is difficult. And that game is Trickerian. So uh, Trickerian, you are magicians and you are using your, you've got, everyone's got some kind of helpers. You can also hire new assistants to work with you um, that are going to help you learn and get the uh the components for uh, magic tricks. And then you're going to schedule those. You can advertise for yourself and then schedule a time for it to be on the stage uh, because, you know, everybody's got to have showtime. And apparently in this town, there's only one theater in which you can, you can do your magic tricks. Um, so there's programming involved. There's worker placement involved. Oh, there's just a lot going on in this game, but that magician theme and like how you're you're putting together components to make certain types of tricks. That is cool. It's just, there's so many cool things about this game. We have an expansion. I don't think we've played. Uh, I played it two handed by myself, but just to learn it, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, We never played it on like a big scale. Um, But again, this, this game takes some work. To learn, um, and so to teach someone new, that's a lot of effort. And to explain all the rules, it feels like you're explaining a feaster game in some ways that's like really rule heavy. Um, but I, I think the payoff is worth it. It is, it is a really, a really good 
game. So my number 71 is Trakirian. Uh, yeah, it's I like it a little bit better than you. Okay. Um, so, well, yeah, we'll see that in a, at least a week, maybe more. <laughs> I know. I was wondering, um, compared to last year, I was thinking it had fallen for me. Yeah, it was like 29 last year. And again, it, it's hard to keep these big, heavy Euros. I love them. I would play them anytime. But it's hard to keep those high on a list. Because you have to stay up on the rules. You either need to play with people who play them a lot or you have to teach them all the time. And teaching these games suck. So, um, yeah, that's why they fall for me a little bit. Yeah. Well, those were our our games from number 80 to 71 of our top 100 games of all time. So let's quickly recap the list of this set of 10. All right. And scrolling up. Scrolling up. It's always like two pages. So then like it messes yeah, everything Yeah, we just up. sort that out. All right, so my number 80 is Camel Up. My 79 is Origins First Builders. My number 78 is Xi'an. My number 77 is Neptune. 76 is Amerigo. 75, Trismegistus, The Ultimate Formula. 74, Clank Legacy, or any Clank. Uh, 73, Libertalia. 72, Yamatai. And 71, Jinja. My number 80 is Parks. My number 79 is Camel Up. 78, Campy Creatures. 77, Harry Potter Hogwarts Battle. 76, Forgotten Waters. 75, Lizard Wizard. 74, Goo Gong. 73, Into the Echo Side, the ICP deck building game. 72, Jinja. And 71, Trickerian. So those are our top 10, not top 10, but the top 100. I, no. <laughs> I, I ate some sugar before we did this podcast and i was feeling a really good sugar high and now it's completely crashed and my brain doesn't work anymore this is a problem my cat has the zoomies and my brain has the zoomies too so those are numbers 80 to 71 of our top 100 we're also counting down the numbers 200 to 100 um in kind of a separate facebook live format but it'll also make its way hopefully we'll get the video worked out to youtube if not we'll release kind of some extra podcast content it is ridiculous if you think we're ridiculous when we record the podcast, we are much more ridiculous when we do Facebook Live. It's I'm like I'm stone cold serious all the time. It's ridiculous. I will reiterate. Um, so those are fun, just a little bit different, similar-ish content. But again, just talking about games that we really like, um, why we like them, just maybe to help introduce people to new games. Help you to start thinking about your games. What's in your collection? What haven't you played in a while? Uh, what do you want to try out? So we'd love to hear about that too on any of our social medias uh, because we're always on the lookout for new games, especially as we're heading into the holiday season. We're spending a lot of time with family members, um, friends, and people are kind of slowing down a little bit. So there is time to break out a game. So um, I think it's great to talk about on our Discord channel, in our Facebook, uh, in the Instagram feeds, in the Twitter feeds, games that you want to play with people, games that you might be hoping for as Christmas gifts or giving as gifts, um, games that you've had success getting your family to join in on. We love to hear about all of that stuff because we love to talk about games. This is where I pause and let Jason say something super weird. No, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm resisting. I'm resisting. Ugh. Okay, okay, I've been Katie. <laughs> and I'm Jason. Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming.
Hocus Pocus Jocus, the great Malenko. Ha 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 ha. That's like always gets stuck in my head every time I talk about ICP.